Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead for S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you're listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. You can listen to us on all your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and OpenSAP. So don't forget to like, share and subscribe us so you never miss a new episode. Today I want to fill in a little bit of a gap we had until now because we were not talking about that LOB yet which most companies actually earn their money. I'm talking about logistics and manufacturing, also known in the wider sense as supply chain management. And for this it's great to have somebody here who knows this discipline from actually having laid his hands on from beginning from a practical standpoint because he started his professional life constructing huge diesel engines. We're talking about Mr. Peter Bickenbach. Today he is the Solution Hub Lead for Digital Supply Chain at SAP and a prominent face in meeting rooms and big stages of supply chain conferences alike. Since he is also an aspiring pilot, we will make a 360 degree flyover about the core disciplines like planning and execution and discuss about how supply chain management has evolved in the 21st century. That's what's going to happen on this episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome, Mr. Peter Bickenbach. Hi, Alex. First, I'm happy that you're here at all because um, whenever I see you, I never know if it's the last time because um, since you have some weird hobbies like putting airplanes into a stall and then trying to recover them, um, I'm never sure if you survived this. So I'm glad that you're A, here and B, alive. Yes, that's, that's indeed a nice hobby which I try to learn right now. Flying. Just uh, not around the world, but at least a little bit around Mannheim and uh, on a little Cessna. We don't say Cessna, it's Cessna uh, 157. So basically so, something like a, um, a small tin can with a propeller. It's like a Citroen a ZV, what is it, ZV4? Or uh, this? Two CV. The Ente, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, see, yeah. And it's with aeroplanes, I mean with, with wings actually. You know, it, it feels like and the smell out of the 70s, right? It, it, it smells like a technical museum, kind of. <laughs> I, to be honest, after so many stores like you did, I, I expected it to smell a little bit different inside. <laughs> yeah, after that you have to clean yourself, so I avoid things like that, yeah. Okay, I think but you have to get used to it. If you, if you want to be a pilot, you have to be tough. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, did I tell you that my I, I dreamed of becoming a commercial pilot when I was like 18? Mm-hmm. I was going into the exams and uh, in into the kind of assessment center at Lufthansa at that time. Um, did not make it through because since then I know I need glasses. Okay. So that was bad news for me, but yeah. that's why I'm here. And there was a rumor <laughs> that you have to have clean, uh, or not clean teeth, but the teeth have to be in the best proper uh, conditions, uh, th but that's just a fighting fighting pilot, right? That's, or, or that's just a rumor. I think that's a fighter pilot, but uh, of course I would have gone through that without any problems. <laughs> <laughs> but great, because um, the, the positive thing for me is now for the first time in this podcast, I'm talking basically about things that um, which are my home turf in the way that um, I'm also a SCM guy. You are an SCM guy and yes. a logistics guy. And today we're finally not talking about finance and so on, but really about logistics and SCM where I say where um, the the value and the money making and the real stuff happens. the real the stuff real goes stuff. on so we are planning physical goods goods 
And then finally we move those goods and then those goods have to be somehow paid. Produced, paid. Whatever. Whatever. And, and the good thing is that um, we were talking a lot about in, in the past episodes about the changes in finance and financial organizations and quite a lot happened in logistics too. Um, especially if we look, for example, at what SAP does there, like about our portfolio, which is uh, maybe the first time to speak about. Um, let's look a little bit into the past talk about the APO, which yes. was like the standard logistic or planning solution for the yes. past like 20 or so years. Oh, since 1998. 1998. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an APO guy from the first hour, let's say hour or year. Yeah. From 1998. Um, 1998. APO will, I say it frankly, die. This is correct. Yeah. And parts of it will die and some other parts um, continues their life in S4. That is production planning, for example. First, um, because th this is quite a question which comes quite often. Um, when you say it will cease, means that it goes out of maintenance. Yes, by 2025, those mystic date, then that goes out of maintenance, yeah. Um, and which also means like the screen does not get black, but... Um, no, it just goes out of maintenance. A customer can still use it mm -hmm. and, uh, let's say, can pay for extra maintenance, whatever. But officially, this uh, product maintenance will end by the end of 2025. Um, since you're um, something like an APO, APO guy of the first hour, is this something or a thought where he was actually said about? or No, not really. Because, you know, um, economy is changing, um, customer processes are changing, the amount of data is changing, The, the what is the rule of Moore? I mean, it's just, just by each... 12 months or 18 months. Mm -hmm. Moose law, yeah. Moose law, the, the capacity of, of, of CPU is doubling. And therefore, the, the data also, which can be um, performed by those um, uh, uh, core uh, CPUs. And, and therefore, we have to consume those data. And, and, mm -hmm. and APO is not capable enough, especially in the, let's say, demand planning area and, and the huge network planning it area. It's come to its limits. It's come to its limits, exactly. Oh. And, and in the same way, you want to have analytic outcomes for you, from your planning or, let's say, simulation and version-based planning to compare those to each other. APO, you only can do it with a lot of um, workarounds. Mm -hmm. you know? It's just a different sto story of, of technique, and it's a technique of, out of the 90s, right? It's not HANA-based. So IBP is completely natively programmed on HANA, so different story. You can um, do many, many things with that. Before we, we start to talk about the successors, um, I think maybe one of the, let's say, where you see finally the limitations in the year of like 2090 which the in which the APO has run it through was something of what what I always a little bit feel like um, it may be that there are some things in there which do not really belong together anymore like two certain disciplines you have something like the strategic part of planning with the demand planning with the supply planning where you are like in the mid long term view you are not yet so much working with orders but more on time rows why you also have there some like tactical the, the more short term also planning disciplines in there with the PBDS with the production planning and scheduling and the global ATP and there are like two things in there which are in reality, in the processes, not really fitting together because they are done by two separate kinds of people, mm -hmm. but still they are like in one solution. And by 
sometimes I, I'm not sure if you have the same opinion. It's very subjective what I'm saying now. But sometimes you feel these two things conflicting. Yeah. Now we have to distinguish between two planning areas or two planning horizons. Let's say the uh, mid and long term horizon on yeah. one side and the short term horizon on the other side. So if you talk short term horizon, this is part of S4 mm -hmm. in the future. I, actually, right now it's PBDS and it's global ATP. Oh, it's advanced ATP, right? Now it's advanced ATP. And, and it's in there like since already 2016. 16, yeah. So it's not so brand. No, it's not like so brand. Big yeah. news. Yeah. yeah, but there, it will be get you know, further developed there, as well as PBDS will continue its life cycle in, in, in S4. And with the uh, advanced availability to promise, I call it always the uh, harvesting of fruits of planning, you know. Nice. And that's nice, you right? Could be, you could work in marketing. Yeah, kind of. Um, and um, if uh, if planning has been carried out in a proper way, so then you are always not running out of stock, but mm. you also do not have too much overstock. Right? You, you just got the right amount of the right things. Exactly. But, but that is short-term planning. And the other side, I said um, mid-term and long-term planning, and that's just something we uh, accomplished with the IBP, which is sales operations planning. One thing APR never had, right? There was a consulting solution, but yeah, but not really a, a function module like uh, IBP has. Yeah, and, and for me, for example, a reason why we should not feel so sorry for the APO going, maybe die is a little bit of a bad word. It's, yeah. it's called, he's going into a friendly retirement, a retirement friendly, which yeah. is much more positive. Yeah. Um, but th the, the positive thing was, um, the, or is now with uh, those short-term things, being a part of the ERP in, in, in basis, that's mm -hmm. the area where you as a short-term planner want to work. You want to work in an ERP surround because you work with ERP data, which means exactly. that if you do something like, um, like a problem solving and so on, when you work in ERP data and you have, for example, your um, your warehouse management and so mm -hmm. on, working on the same data, everything you do mm -hmm. and so on is then in real time happening. Yes. Yeah, you do not have like the where you have to bring all the data into the APO, there you plan, but you do not see like uh, immediate changes of your problem-solving things until something like, a, yeah, this CIF has brought the data mm -hmm. back into the ERP. It happens in real time. So this is a real big advantage and will definitely yeah. change the way you work with it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with the PBDS, the detailed scheduling in, in the short-term horizon, with the um, uh, advanced ATP, and then if, if, if the final uh, material has been produced, then you, you keep it on stock, right? And as you mentioned, you, you use extended warehouse management for that, which is part of S4 as well, right? Yeah, you, you, you brought basically all the tactical things together. And um, I have, for example, one customer who said like the, the big game changer for him was when he started to work, for example, with the co-deployed EWM, which is also... Mm -hmm. Logistic solution part of the ERP. He has the PPDS part of the ERP, and now what he is experiencing that um, finally now when when he has something like goods income, mm -hmm. things are stocks are coming into his into his warehouse, and uh, the planning system is getting notice of that immediately. The situation that he has experienced in the past that he has stocks, but he is not aware of because that background. Mm -hmm. um, Batch has not yet run, um, and so he would order things he basically do, does not need. Um, that brought him enormous benefits, yeah, because he just has the things that he's really yes. forced to have. 
Yeah, not yeah. more, not less. Exactly. Yeah. So are, are these like the topics, for example, customers from your purely SEM perspective talk a lot of about or where are, the, like to say, the interests in that area of co-deployed planning? Um, the interest is to overbridge uh, planning horizons on, on one side, um, as well as um, distinguish between, um, we call it the um, supply chain planning and the supply chain execution, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if we start from sales operations planning, for example, long-term uh, horizon, we are consuming also finance data. With APO, it was very difficult to consume finance data where you start with planning, right? Mm -hmm. And here we have uh, the finance planning and we break them down, let's say from um, basically value-based planning towards more um, physical unit planning like pieces, parcels, whatever. Yeah? And bring this, let's say, or stock keeping units to bring values down to step stock keeping units to, to bring financial uh, targets down to sales and marketing targets and break them through the operations down to what really can be produced. Uh, that means from long-term to mid-term, mm -hmm. uh, triggering the network planning. And then later on, this data have to be consumed by the detailed scheduling part, which is then S4. And this is really where the challenge is for most of our customers to say, okay, how can we transform this value-based planning into stock-keeping planning and add very intelligent, high sophisticated um, forecast algorithms like machine learning based gradient boosting, for example, to it. So it's, it's like still about the topic of I have, let's say, strategic goals, which are most of the time first, not, let's say mm -hmm. financial, which are coming out of, let's say, a BPC or maybe analytics yes, cloud, yeah. SAC yes. and so on. Yeah. And then it's about like operation, op operationalizing Mm -hmm. this kind of goals into like logistic goals what, like how exactly. much do i have to produce or how much do i have to sell to fulfill this goal exactly and and how about what what's going on with my let's say finite uh, operational view that means capacity to consume for 100% what is the outcome not to overload capacity to check for that in the same way then to see what is what what kind of customer orders i cannot fulfill if i go with 100% Uh, on the other side, which uh, entire customer demands I can fulfill, but then I overload my capacities. And what is the outcome? To get an extra line, an extra production line, or external work orders, or external suppliers being involved, etc. So those decisions to make upfront in a mid-long-term horizon, this is what our customer want to see. Because the so demand... Bring, bringing demand and supply planning together? Yes, and, and very volatile demand based on different uh, capacity situation, bring this together. Because this has never been so straight as it was in the past, because mm -hmm. demand signals are coming from everywhere. Because customer can order by iPhone, by iPad, whatever, or let's say by mobile phones and uh, tablets, uh, as well as by fax. So in, in the past it was only fax or ED, mm. fact or whatever. No, but not today. Uh, demand signals can be placed everywhere, so it's volatile. And then the product um, life cycles and the innovation cycles are much shorter than in the past. Right? So a lot of volatility in the supply chain. And that's why we have to have 
mechanisms to fulfill this. In the same way, and this is very important, and this is also what uh, uh, IBP distinguishes uh, to, to, to APO is, the outcome for it, so if you simulate different scenarios to see in real time the analytics of it, mm -hmm. this is something you cannot do with APO. If you do want, want to do it with APO, you have to copy everything in the, in the info cubes and do some routines over there and then bring it back to the business explorer, for example. So that, that is not something in real time. It takes at least some routines, some jobs in the background. And the other thing is if you have different versions in, in APO, you want to compare versions for key figures, that consumes lots of um, um, database um, power. Within IBP, you can do it just like a finger snap because mm -hmm. it's natively programmed on HANA, completely different uh, technology. And, and, and therefore, a simulation, different uh, scenarios, very, very important. Yeah, it, it's like the, the that, that's what I lately got as a feedback, why the APO maybe, if you compare with a car, maybe like in third gear, you find these kinds of planning where you want to match supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Because of the scenarios, you are able to do much easier than it was ever possible in APO. You're like in fifth or sixth gear. This is a difference. It's not like the APO is, is, is in survey bad. No, absolutely not. But it's it was perfect like for the last 20 years exactly. in many... Yeah. But the complexity has come to a certain level mm -hmm. where we have to upgrade where we have to up the game and that, that's yeah. where that's why there was a new let's say architecture necessary it was like a new separation of disciplines necessary like mm -hmm. putting short-term planning into the erp putting long-term planning into the cloud where you are able to um, integrate like let's say certain players you want to to use the integrative power of the cloud uh, to be able to for example have different vendors integrated in your planning mm -hmm. or let's say maybe customers like long-term customers giving you their previews from their own sales plan to yes. you for your planning as as kind of an input data and like the, the versatility to use certain sources of input data is one of the reasons why for example ibp is a cloud only solution which it is if it I'm is not definitely wrong. yes and there are no plan as far as i know to make no. something like an on-premise no, no. we, we just we do it in cloud and that has one uh, big advantage we we are shipping innovations on a quarterly base we do the same with as for hana cloud as for right yeah. yeah so that means uh, it's a dramatic uh, innovation path uh, with a huge ramp up phase or let's say learning curve a huge learning curve that that this product gets uh, mature and mature with many much more functionality and the other thing is if you if you go to IBP and there's one of those buttons is called give feedback right mm -hmm. that is the influencing initiative from SAP so each customer each let's say single customer which um, is a final user can click on this button and can say okay I don't like this functionality or can we improve give this me give me give me exactly this is actually this is kind of ex uh, customer experience how often our, can you push mm -hmm. this button as a single user can uh, you do it like a, a thousand times and get like, yeah, like uh, a yeah, higher? Yeah, you can. Each time you can create a topic, so to say. Mm -hmm. So, and we uh, we we are gathering those topics and we are clustering them and see if if there's a if there's a, um, a kind of um, density of different or same topics and we can cluster them and say, okay, this there might be, be a reason. That's yeah. a reason. So let's do something here. Mm -hmm. So that means 
also here you get, get direct feedback from the customer and consume this and make the product better. So we do the same with our product as well as what customers are doing, producing their product by using our new product. So it's uh, innovation by innovation cycle. Which is just fair, like is giving our customers the same possibility to give feedback and to influence. Exactly. Then, then, then basically the experience economy expects from them. Yeah. And therefore, if you have quarterly cycles, then you can bring back this feedback into reality. Do you have something like feedback how those quarterly cycles in the planning area, which from my experience is quite often concerning changes, a little bit more conservative? Yeah. Um, how, how, okay. is these, how is this accepted? Do they really use the quarterly innovations or do, do they say, oh, I, I need something like, I know that I could have theoretically the possibility to consume it every three months, but for me, it's absolutely fine to have it like make a process for half a year or for one year and then look after the changes and do then yeah. my process for the next year. You can, as a, as a customer, you can say, okay, I want to, how can I say, I, I don't want to have each quarter. Mm -hmm. I just want to move, let's say, to a half year. So I can skip one quarterly release and then I have to go to the next one. But then I consume both in one. Yeah. yeah. That's what I can do. It's like, yeah. for example, or simply said, like when you refuse to do something like an iPhone update mm -hmm. um, and you like come into the, ne into the time frame of the next mm -hmm. one, then it does not even ask you for the first one. It just gives you the exactly. latest and next yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not um, What... For me, like when, when I'm, for example, asked about um, the, let's say, killer reasons to go to Esfahana, to go into that new level of technologies, um, it's not no secret that I always talk about insight to mm -hmm. action, which we have especially very beautifully in planning, for example, with something like the MRP cockpit. Yes. Yeah, where um, in past you got your exception list, like lots of, for example, probably bad news, like I do not have enough material there, I do not have enough material there. Your, let's say, MRP did not turn out that way. Um, but then you were left alone in the past. You, you maybe had a certain, let's say, level of insight, you knew about the bad news, but then you were left alone solving mm -hmm. these issues because you have to maybe go out of that transaction, go into a different transaction. Then you tried to find a solution, but you did not really immediately see the results of the solution because, you know, you need mm -hmm. the MRP, which were again running in the night. This has completely changed now. Yeah, but but now we are talking as far. I mean, now we're leaving the area of we are, IVP, Sorry, right? yes, we need it in the yeah. of, of MRP. So we, have, we have it in both, both areas. Yeah. So let's say the, the MRP itself, let, let, just assume that we have done a proper uh, financial planning, then a mm -hmm. proper IBP planning, and now we are, uh, we are using uh, the, the, the PPDS logic for certain materials, which you can uh, control by the material master. And, and then you can trigger, um, if you go to the MRP live cockpit, it's a kind of a stock requirement list or mm -hmm. MD04, but very, very advanced because you get lots of simulation possibilities to um, simulate different scenarios in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, let's say, alert situation on a, on a very short term 
uh, horizon, mm -hmm. right? And then the system guides you through what could be the uh, possibilities to solve these missing quantities, etc. Uh, also, with uh, the uh, predictive MRP, a new functionality we, mm -hmm. we're shipping out, you can uh, not only go for missing materials, you also can check for capacity. But you see then, oh, massive capacity overload for those materials which haven't been planned by PBDS, just regularly MRP-based planning. We call them MRP2, which is mm -hmm. manufacturing resource planning, right? And then you can see, okay, 100%, 150% overload, and then you can play around a little bit on what might be the effects. So it's a little bit like critical path analysis, mm -hmm. kind of. Um, and all the data are in, all the data are in the system with a predictive um, MRP application or Fury app. Mm -hmm. We are able to make them visible and we give the, uh, the, the planner um, a tool not to being alone with it. You get assistance you get or she gets assistance, assist, exactly, yeah. this support, and see right away what is the impact if I, let's say, lowering the numbers not to overload capacity. On one side, what's the effect? What happens there? So where are the shortages? Which customer uh, orders haven't been fulfilled then? Or on the other hand side, uh, we are uh, increasing capacity. And what is the effect of that? So capacity doesn't fall from the sky. You have to get them from somewhere. Mm -hmm. yeah? uh, alternative uh, resources or external supply, whatever. Yeah. So that depends on the individual, uh, let's say, supply chain of a customer. What possibilities are there? Right. Um, yeah, and but but this is what what um, really I think it's 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 attractive that you you're not not left alone anymore. Yes. Like the system supports you. The system recognizes what 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 kind of problem do we have here, and based on this intelligence, it prepares solution options for you. Like maybe to reschedules, maybe won't purchase from a different source, and it, it evaluates. Mm -hmm. These kinds of um, um, these kinds of options, and uh, you can choose. It's, it's not something like in the past where everything was always a little bit black boxy, mm -hmm. not maybe and fully black box, but it was black boxy. It was, was concreted, right? It was yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you can overrule the system by saying, okay, you may say that from the base parameters that we included that this would be the perfect solution, but. I know for this customer, um, it's in that situation better for example to have the second grade solution because um, we do not have to take the fastest solution, which may be expensive. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and that's a very beautiful thing I think around um, this new scenarios because you have the transparency, but but you you are not fixed to like a solution. You 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 can work with different options and and, and play with the simulations quite exactly. Nicely. Yeah. And that makes it, um, gives it uh, not only to go in the, the right way or the left way, you go wherever you know, and um, gives the customer more possibility to, to make really a good and proper decision. When we're talking about that, let's say, playing between IBP for, the, let's say, the more long-term planning and the possibilities we have in S4 for the more short-term planning, um, something which I think is very attractive or a new possibility. It's not so new. It's always existing since two years, but in my opinion, it's still mesmerizing good is the DDMRP mm -hmm. or the DDSEM, however you call it. It's, mm -hmm. it's always the same. Um, this is a completely new discipline which plays a little bit between those yeah. solutions. Can you tell about this? Yeah, it's a little bit like, you know, the, the classical planning of a supply chain is what we call a push planning. Push means... 
It's like you go to a door and you push against the door and you go through it. That means behind you or you go with a forecast through this door. That's just a push scenario. Based on the forecast, you carry out uh, uh, forecast demands and they have to be covered somewhere throughout the network based on quantities. And you push the plan into reality. I push the plan into reality and check with capacity mm -hmm. and so on. In between might be an, an inventory optimization plan as well, but that's a different story. Mm -hmm. So from the other side, the demand-driven MRP, um, here the customer order or the customer demand signal is in the center of interest. So based on this a customer demand signal and that scenario in general called pull, Mm -hmm. Pool scenario, or pool planning, pool-based planning, and this usually creates a huge uh, bullwhip. Mm -hmm. And the past, you know, the bullwhip effect and so on. And then you have a, a which is a famous, famous result, like when you have certain MRP yeah, in between and, and so on. behind each other. Yeah, yeah. and and we we call it from this beer game, you know, which might um, many of those which are listening um, might know. Um, and and the later the the, last, the last person in the chain has a huge uh, amount of of of, of stock because mm -hmm. uh, he has to react to a certain volatility in the supply chain uh, network. And the the issue here with DDMRP is to break uh, the boundaries. Let's say to break uh, the uh, the supply chain that the bullwhip cannot take place. Crash through. Oh, it crash mm -hmm. through, yeah. yeah. So that means we, we call that establishing buffer points. Mm -hmm. And between buffer points, there you have a little bullwhip. And the bullwhip, each time of the curve, it represents the amplitude representing the amount of stock. And um, if you break them down with buffer zones, and those buffer zones, we have this uh, a color scheme, uh, which is um, uh, red, yellow, green. And this stands off a little bit of an amount when supply is good and, and when it's a little bit more in a risky area. And the the point is where to establish these buffer zones and what is the amount of the initial amount of the buffer mm -hmm. zones and what is the dynamical adjustments of the buffer zones. Yeah. And therefore we taking into account the network. Mm -hmm. And the network means yeah, you have to know the network and uh, in the network you have to establish uh, the different um, inventory status or inventory level. This is what uh, the module of uh, inventory optimization does in, in IBP on one hand side. On the other hand side, you know from the past how those customer demand signals are changing. So you also take into account forecast to establish the uh, dynamical adjustments of those buffer zones. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't necessarily mean we don't need forecast anymore, but you use this forecast more for these pull-based scenario, which is called DMRP. So it's it's more about not forecasting things which are not forecastable exactly. in a certain way. Yeah. And it's also not, you can kind of consider it as black or, or, or white or zero or one. It is like some, of, some materials are better for a push-based mm -hmm. planning scenario and others are more for or a pull-based planning scenario. So this is something you have to find out. What what I really like with the DDMRP, and that's why I think this is such a, let's say, central benefit of this new kind of technology. I always tell the story that when I was way years back, something like a junior consultant working at a business consultant company, we did lots of projects um, just doing that what the MRP does by hand manually because mm -hmm. customer wanted to know like where do I should I at which positions should I. 
um, have stocks or buffers at which uh, quantitude, and that's what we then did with Excel, for example. Mm -hmm. we, we got the data, and then we did a lot of Excel crunching, we got the demands, and we got the procurement data, and so on. The issue, though, was that um, I then always asked the audience, like, is what I did at that time, like in 2004, 2005, was this right or wrong? Of course it was mm -hmm. right, but just for the moment where I got this data, mm -hmm. where this data snapshot was taken. Mm -hmm. Already a day later, the demand situation may have changed. So the optimized levels of the buffer may, may be different. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this this is what the system now does automatically for you, like checking every day how is your situation on, on demand side. Um, How's your average uh, usage? Yeah. Per day? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. then gives you proposals. And the other thing is, which I especially like, you know, when you like working process consulting and you you discuss with planners and mm -hmm. on the customer side about their safety stocks. This is almost religious sometimes, this discussion. Quite often people do not know why this stock in that height exists, but like just the existence itself um, makes its existence necessary because they say, mm -hmm. I, I got this, so there must be a reason for this. So it's very difficult to, to yeah. discuss about, is this still necessary? Is the height still necessary? This system now and, and DDMRP helps you to bring facts into that discussion. And this is what makes it so, on the first hand, so, so attractive. On the second hand, it really has on the monetary side a big benefit. Yeah. 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 And, and you know what? And then I often get the, 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 the question, hey, you have a DDMRP, we have it in IBP, right? And we have it also in S4. So it that's, works together. That's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it works together. Um, and I got this question oftentimes, and I'd say, well, why, why shall we do it here and there? And, and it's a similar logic with, uh, similar logic like with APO and ERP. Mm -hmm. In an ERP, you have the plant approach. Mm -hmm. In APO, you have the network approach. And the same as a DDMRP. So if, it, if it's just per plant, you, you use it in, in S4, mm -hmm. more manually based, mm -hmm. let's say, um, 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 actual um, stock, the MD04 based mm -hmm. approach, kind of everyday usage and, and so on. And within IBP, you have the network approach. You see the entire network and, so and see a, a more of the long-term strategical approach. Or you could say like the, IB, the inclusion of the IBP into demand-driven replenishment uh, or demand-driven supply chain planning um, helps to bring this optimization from just a local level to a global level of your whole network. Exactly, yeah. Because it includes also oh, the other part. Yeah, or, or to garden a stage, you, it brings you from stage one or two into stage three and four maturity of supply chain. And uh, w to <laughs> since I'm <laughs> maybe a little bit too much out of, of, of purity supply chain, can you describe what yeah, level the Gardner, three and four would mean? Yeah, Gardner, Gardner. Gardner means if you, if you do, let's say, just a, a, a plant-based planning, let's say you're just using okay. MRP, plant-based, just ERP kind of ERP planning. That's uh -huh. stage one. Uh -huh. If you consider, let's say, uh, the plant and you do, you do collaboration to, let's say, a linear supply chain, that's stage two brings us to, let's say, APO a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, stage three, it's more network-based, more collaboration, and uh, more, let's say, high-sophisticated uh, mathematical-based algorithms and mm -hmm. so on. Then it brings you to, uh, to stage three. And four, it, it brings you more network, more machine learning, 
more uh, uh, communication, more collaboration, network-based collaboration, and so on. That that you can consume these these huge amount of um, information, and and what causes of that is uh, the volatility mm-hmm. and so on. To consume all that, that's stage four more or less. Okay, that so makes sense. yeah, kind of, and 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 therefore I would say yeah, with the um, um, DDMRP by IBP, it's more more the network collaboration based uh, approach versus the more local based. But even with, with S4, lots of functionality inside, mm-hmm. but this is more the, let's say, plant based. But just for clarification, would then make a setup where you say, I got S4 in the DDMRP alone? That works. Yeah, that, that works. works. Yeah. Would it work, let's say, separately if I say um, I have IBP? And DDMRP there separately or as a standalone solution, or does this make sense at all? It also makes sense. It depends on um, what. Let, let's say you you have the IBP DDMRP, mm-hmm. and, and, and and lots of customers are not using S4, for example. Mm-hmm. They having the ERPs that that and are still in S4 projects. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then they're transforming from the ERP to S4, and then they even make it better and, and, mm-hmm. and make it more rich. Yeah. But this is, you know, we have to, this is a kind of, let's say, um, we have to talk to customers more in detail with that. I mean, that's... Um, a general recommendation it, is difficult. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. Since, since you are talking about general recommendations, um, sometimes, which is from some customers, like, asked about is, and that's not what predictive MRP is all about, although it's also giving you something like capacity inclusion. Mm-hmm is capable to promise CTP. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about ATP, which is now part of the um, ERP, maybe not in detail, but then, of course, ATP is just about getting your material situation right. You mm-hmm. then have the second dimension, which means material plus capacity, which is then, in theory, the CTP functionality. Um, how far are we in that aspect? Um we were very far with the global ATP and APO with that. Mm-hmm. Right? We know that. Right? And there's and then global ATP uh, beside the uh, c- capacity and the material availability checks for rule-based and had, has had multi-level and back-order processing and all this. And if the rule-based uh, approach is checking for product substitution and for location substitution. And, and if, if both rules are not fulfilling the demand, then it checks for production. Yeah. And this is what we call capable to promise. So this is on the roadmap within AATP. So mm-hmm. we, we know global ATP was APO. At advanced ATP, it's in, in S4. And at advanced ATP is being new programmed from scratch mm-hmm. versus PPDS as a co-deployment, yeah. right? And, and therefore, these new um, programmed advanced ATP, uh, it's still in under construction in terms of CTP. It, okay. it will come, but mm-hmm. currently it does not. It, I think it is on the roadmap until 2021. 2021. Then, then we will have it. Mm-hmm. And then we can celebrate the wedding between the PBDS <laughs> embedded <laughs> and, and the advanced ATP. Yeah, this comes to the CTP capable to promise. Uh, let us maybe um, finally lose us some words about, which is um, a sometimes hot uh, discussed topic about E slash WM, where 
people say, okay, what's happening now with the standard uh, WM warehouse management um, mm -hmm. from ECC? Um, from some time there was a strategy like we have something like on, let's say, base EWM, extended warehouse management system co-deployed. Why there is now something new, a new offer to those customers, which is not yet... Um, which is, is is not yet there, but it's on the, on the roadmap. It's publicly announced, which is the stockroom management. Mm -hmm. Maybe can you tell a little bit about what's behind that? Yeah, mm, as far as I'm not an, an execution specialist, but I will try it on, on in my way. Um, the stockroom management, it's more or less uh, uh, LES uh, WM, mm -hmm. you know? logistic execution system, the WM. And since this was uh, by the end of the maintenance, uh, ended in 2025, in 2025. Exactly. WM, we didn't explain exactly. this, WM so will the, also go into retirement in exactly. 2025. And, and then we have this, what we call, what was the word? You remember this, um, comp com not compelling. Com the co-deployed? No, not call it, but um, Quokum. I will come later to that. Uh -huh. So that means um, by the end of 2025, the WM functionality will be replaced by the EWM functionality free of charge, right? But we had some customers to say, they said, uh, we want to have the WM functionality mm -hmm. inside the S4 HANA. And for those of, the, for of them, we announced on this year's uh, DSAG Congress that we, we call it stockroom management. And this will be part of S4 HANA over or extended by 2025. So that means it's complete uh, uh, WM functionality, which mm -hmm. is still there, and customers are not forced to go to EWM to do their basic warehouse management, like goods receiving, goods issuing, functionality, and so on. So it is more or less uh, one to one substitution from WM. There is a, w a substitution from WM to SRM. But not of the behind there was not something like the innovation perspective, like to deliver new things. It's more like delivering still the same things, but compatibility modus. Compatibility that was, mode. That was the compatibility mode. That was a C word I'm missing. Compatibility okay. mode. Yeah, and the compatibility mode says, okay, this functionality will go out. The same with transportation management, the TM yeah. part, like the, the old TM. The old TM. Mm -hmm. It also is compatibly mode by 2025. But there is there's nothing similar to the WM part. So we don't have a stockroom management kind of for transportation, not as far as I know right now. When you have it for 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 WM. Okay, so you have to go with the where you are the current TM, transportation management, onto the new transportation management. Exactly. When you are like on WM and you do not want to upgrade on the EWM, the extended exactly. warehouse management. Exactly, then you go with the stockroom. You room. go to the stockroom management. Exactly. The only thing is maybe the Babylonic um, troubles you may get Languages. because of the uh, three-letter <laughs> appreciation with SRM, which is not uh, supply relationship management. Exactly, yeah. But I think we will get over that. No, we, we, just, we, we don't say SRM, we say stockroom management. So we have to get yeah, we out don't, of our old habits of... You, we don't <laughs> use abbreviations for that. Better don't... You know, when you say SRMS, I just thought myself, what, what is he talking about? No, is it uh, supplier relationship management? No, no, yeah, no it's, it's, it's stock room management. Yeah, exactly, yeah. because it's, it's a very good... Um, that's what, what we all have to get used to. Um, it's, a, it's a good way to confuse people. Yeah, it's the same with uh, SCP. It's supply chain planning or is it SAP cloud platform? 
Okay. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Same. Absolutely. So we are SAP, Systeme, Anwendungen, Produkte in der Datenverwaltung. We have to get all this real data yes. acquisition. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, looking at the time, it um, was great to have you. It was always fun to have you. And if you do not crash your plane, um, I will be happy to see you next time again. Thank you for having me here, Alex. And always a good flight. And well, what's the Many happy pilot? landings. We say Many happy, happy, landings. happy landings. And you know a good landing is any landing that you can walk away from. Exactly. And one thing I want to mention is don't miss, um, for those of you who may be here in Germany, uh, the um, uh, planning day for supply chain management on March 17th in Mannheim in the Rosengarten. Which is a good point because if people do not want to miss those kind of events and do always want to follow you on social media, etc., where can they do it best? They can do it in on the LinkedIn, on the Twitter. Perfect. Or we will see you there. See you there. Great. Bye bye. Bye bye.